Not too long ago, I was at the mall. I was I went inside of a bathroom, and when I was in there, I was about using the bathroom, whatnot, and there was a song in the in the telecom, and then the uh, you know the uh, speakers in there had this tune. I forget most of it, but uh, one of the part of the lyrics said, "And if you go, and if you die alone, don't worry, we'll be right there behind you." To will be right there behind you. If you die alone and if you die alone and go into the dark, don't worry, we'll be right behind you. Kinda stuck with me for that for the rest of the day. Kinda like you know, that how true is that, you know? So if you you know, if you think about it, everybody's gonna die and and then it could give you some comfort knowing that we all gotta go through it and give you peace of mind at the time of death of Things that you are gonna going through. Well, I'm gonna take that back. I mean, everybody's gonna have a different death experience. Everybody's gonna have a different death experience because everybody's different. Simple as that. But everybody's gonna die. So the Quran, the Bible, the. The, the other religious books obviously don't shy away from this topic. Uh, starting with the, a verse from the Quran, we're going to go ahead and see what it says. And the best description I could find it is, And the agony of death cometh in truth. This is this was the thing which thou was trying to escape. That's what the Quran says. A little bit about that. Um... This is this is speaking about those who don't believe in death. So, you know, throughout the Quran, you have those who are described as not believing in death, and death here is described as the truth. Here comes to you the truth and fullness that which you are trying to deny, avoid, um, you know, escape from. Here it is. You're dead, and it came on to you. And it is is for you now to see certainly that it has come. And in the Bible, John five to eight to nine says, "Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice, and come out. Those who have done with." Done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. That's what we got here in the Bible. Hinduism, we know reincarnation and the f transformation of being embodied in a present in the re reliving one life after the other after the other. And the Jews say, and the Jews say, many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, others to reproaches to everlasting adherences. So you have all these religious folks. Of course, you know everybody believes in hereafter, and in, in the in the majority of the world, in the religion, majority of the major religions, and certainly after death, there is. Afterlife, pretty much, and what 
very interesting about this is that most of them talk about the afterlife in a way that, you know, is just a kind of, you know, a way of your life, kind of, you see, it's your, your life, your current life transformed, basically, you know, your, your deeds, it becomes your fate, basically. So, you know, on you know, um, Cornerstone Psychological Services on YouTube, you know, I had this piece too uh, that I like that I want you guys to hear. It says, Existential Therapy. Death. I can't even pronounce that word, but yep. The problem of death is unique to human beings. As far as we know, we are the only species capable of thinking symbolically. We can abstract away from the immediate now of raw experience. We exist temporally in the simultaneity of a remembered past, a lived present, and an imagined and or anticipated future. We can explicitly consider actualities and possibilities. These capacities as part of self-aware consciousness mean that we have an awareness of our own death both as an ever-present possibility and as an unavoidable part of life. We can't escape death and we know it, which is both a gift and a curse. It's a gift because our awareness of our own mortality is the condition that makes life so precious and meaningful. It's the ultimate insurance against taking our lives and other people for granted. We all know many who've had near-death experiences and they tend to undergo fundamental shifts in how they experience themselves within time. Their finitude becomes palpable and time is no longer guaranteed or something to be assumed. They tend to reevaluate life projects, goals, and priorities. And so the workaholic business exec begins to question the necessity of working long hours at the expense of time with family and friends and whether owning a Porsche will really make him or her happy. A healthy awareness of death is perhaps the ultimate source of humility. It prevents us from taking ourselves and our superficial desires and wants too seriously. And so we're less likely to get bent out of shape if someone doesn't like us or if we don't own the fancy new iPhone that our friends have. Because in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. Death levels us all. Conversely, it allows us to be patient and to savor the moments we have. Instead of frantically worrying about the future and being stressed about how things are, we can just bask in the amazement that things are at all. The sight of a beautiful vista or a sensation of a cool breeze on a summer day is something to be cherished. A healthy awareness of our limited time also ensures a more authentic prioritization of one's values, life goals, and even a capacity for noticing and attending to raw sensory experience. An awareness of death, paradoxically, allows us to feel more alive. Now, as much as death awareness is a gift, it is in many ways also a curse. It's the ultimate end to our cherished relationships, life projects, and visceral experiences that we usually take for granted. This is a terrifying possibility, made all the more so when we recognize that it could happen at any time. We don't know when it's coming. Even the healthiest of people are known to have died in ways that are tragic, unpredictable, or even absurd. This means that we each carry a tremendous amount of anxiety or potential anxiety about our own mortality. Inauthentic ways of dealing with this dilemma can lead to debilitating anxiety 
or feeling numb or psychologically restricted in how we live our lives. Existential therapists may be interested in exploring how a client confronts the transiency of life in a way to help them live more fully. So that's a short introduction to existentialism and the problem of death. If you found it insightful or interesting, please give it a like and subscribe.